So what do you make of the latest incidents, um, not just at WITS, but across the country? Any use of maximum force against unarmed people, it's never stopped the, resol- the, the resolution of the masses to continue with their struggle. In fact, if there's anything that does, it simply escalates. And I think the use of rubber bullets, I mean, rubber bullets is not just meant to, for crowd control. It's quite a hard and a dangerous weapon. And I think the incident we've seen, whilst police have restrained themselves over a number of periods, which that is welcomed and encouraged, but the, the escalation on the use of rubber bullets is actually not acceptable. And we ask police to do everything they do, they can do, to use everything they can use in, in terms of crowd control, but not to use rubber bullets, because rubber bullets are quite dangerous. They've got, they can harm physically uh, anybody, like we have seen some of the reports that are coming today and late yesterday. I want to take you back to um, uh, 2013, uh, and this was uh, with regard to the Andres Tatane case and uh, the findings by the South African Human Rights Commission. And uh, the chairperson, Lawrence Mushwana, and I just want to quote something that he said about ignorance. He said that there was a bigger challenge in that the South African Human Rights uh, Commission in that case found uh, that repeatedly senior police officers were ignorant of human rights issues and and you know we fast forward three years on to today and many people are asking whether we've learned anything at all perhaps if you can just forward as well uh, uh, in terms of the the commission in Marikana, you would know that one of the issues that uh, judge raises is about the ability and expertise of police and the need to retrain them on crowd control and i see some of his interests i mean on, uh, on Tatane, for example you're talking about six men who <clears throat> were struggling to arrest one person. And that tells you, I don't think you are strong enough to an extent that you cannot be arrested. But I don't think our police, to some extent, are well-trained in terms of uh, crowd control. And I think when they are faced with that situation, the immediate reaction, humanly, is that because they are, they, they are empowered, they, therefore they've come, they must use maximum force to protect themselves. They've got to be around in instances where public assets and people's lives are in danger, but they must not do that undermining human rights. I agree with the point made by the judge in terms of the Maritana Commission and the Human Rights Commission that a lot needs to be done to educate our men in blue in terms of uh, the human rights of particularly the people who are protesting because a protest is a, is a right enshrined in the Constitution for people to gather, to protest, and so on. And therefore, they as you act to them, it must not be appear as though you are undermining the Constitution. And I think the recent incidents are quite uh, uh, regrettable and unfortunate. So how do you think the current fee situation can be best managed, given the fact that students are adamant uh, that the protests will continue uh, until their demands are met, and police, of course, have to try and maintain law and order? The two things that must happen, SK, the first one is that uh, there's a general agreement, and I think that is a call that students have been making. In some instances, management in a number of institutions has been intransigent, in putting conditions before even negotiations that we would want to discuss. But management in some institutions, they say they want us as the students to meet the following conditions even before we go to a negotiation table. We think that is unfortunate. But I think there's a general agreement in principle that the only solution to the, to the current impasse is through a dialogue. 
And I think some of the initiatives taken by VET, a number of institutions formerly does, and a number of uh, eminent persons in society, it is welcomed. And I think everybody must participate. We have raised the ANC three things because we have been meeting a number of stakeholders as well, both in terms of the sector, education sector, and outside of the sector. One, that let's agree and be unanimous in terms of and be united around the issues of financial, financial no to financial exclusion. Two, we must scrap the registration fee uh, to NSF's beneficiaries because it is but one form of exclusion. Three, we must make sure because the assumption is that some of the universities, at the completion of a degree, a student is assumed that you are already uh, an, employee, uh, an employee. Therefore, you get harassed. By the time you get an employment, you already have a, uh, you are blacklisted. Let those who complete. Even if they owe the university, must be given a certificate, they must be allowed to graduate so that they can seek employment. We must consider the fact that perhaps we must increase the university funding from 38%, which has decreased over a period of time, to 50%. And these are the immediate issues we thought perhaps when we sit around the table uh, with different stakeholders, is something that we agree in the medium term. In the long term, of course, is a progressively uh, how do we achieve the call of a free quality uh, education for the poor. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this morning, ANC National Spokesperson Zizi Kotwa.